this time I'm praising the Lord and going up. Speaking of boats, this is what I want to tell you about. So two years ago, me and my Uncle Michelle and another guy, we decided to take his boat out on the lake and have a good time. Mark Twain Lake. We get up there, back the boat. Actually, he gets in the boat. We back it up. He gets in the boat. My buddy gets in the boat. And he asks me to back it up. He goes, here, if you'll back us in, he goes, I'll take the boat out. We'll pull back around, and we'll get you. I said, all right, awesome. I back it in, get down in there, you know, pull back out. I go park. I'm like, whoo, you know, did pretty good backing that in. He didn't think I could do it. So I go back out there, and they're out there just doing circles all around. I'm like, what are you doing? Get over here. And they're hollering, yelling something. I'm like, what? And they finally get up close. They're like, go get the truck. I'm like, the truck? Yeah, I parked it back there. It's fine. The truck's fine. And they keep hollering, the truck, the truck. I'm like, it's fine. Yes, I locked the truck. And then I'm like, but why do you guys look so low in the water? And they keep doing circles as fast as they can. Go get the truck. We're sinking. Oh, so I run back, I get the truck, I come back, back it down there, they fly back on there, and they get up on the boat trailer, I'm like, what's wrong? He said, I forgot to plug it. I forgot to put the plug in. Tonight, the title of my message is Plugging the Boat. Too many times in life, we've got everything there, but we're missing one thing. Too many times in life, we, we've, we've got the nice boat, we've got the truck, we've got everything. But when you miss one of the most important details, you begin to sink. Your life begins to go downhill. You know, this is a little bit different of a message for a Wednesday night. But this is what I was told to preach. So it's for someone tonight. Sometimes we're missing the thing to keep us up. A thing to keep us from sinking. To keep us going. Where's your plug? Where's the one thing in your life to keep you going? Are you sinking today? I think about Peter as he walked on water. The time that he began to sink was when he eliminated God from his sight. He began to sink. And the same thing in that boat, because we forgot the very important thing, we began to sink. And too, time, too many times in life, we get busy and we begin to sink. We get busy and we forget to put the one thing that needs to be in our life the most, we forget to put it there. And a lot of times it's not because we're trying to be disobedient. It's because of the fact that we get busy with life. 
of y'all just been busy with life? I'm telling you, even this week has been busy. must remember the key ingredient to life is God. He's the key ingredient. He created us in his image. Therefore, shouldn't we keep him inside of us? Keep him alive in our life? Here's the deal. Too many times we know we're sinking. But we never want to do the thing that it takes to keep us from drowning. Too many times we're like he was in that boat, and we're just hanging on for dear life, and we're going in circles as we're gradually sinking and sinking and sinking. And he may have known what he needed to plug the boat, but too many times we know what we need, but we don't do anything about it. We know what we need to do, but we, we just don't do it. Maybe you're a Christian today and you say, well, I've got God in my life, I know. Well, you know how many times you know you need to fast and you don't do it? Do you know how many times you know you're supposed to open your mouth when you don't? Or shut your mouth when you should? I wasn't looking at you for any reason, Amy. (laughs) Her eyes like (laughs) opened up like I was talking to her. We love you, Amy. (laughs) But then what happens is we sink and we wonder where God was. We never placed him in the place that he needed to be. We sink and wonder, God, where were you? You didn't put me where I was needing to be. I was there waiting. The plug was there waiting, but we didn't place it in the place that it needed to be. Prayer. We understand to get an answered prayer, we must have had to pray originally. Too many times we say, God didn't answer our prayer, but I ask people, did you really pray about it? Well, no. I'll say, be honest with me. Did you really get down and come before God and pray about it and seek Him about it? Too many times I'm praying for this. It's almost a, a figure of speech. Yes, I'm praying for this. But are you actually praying? I'm praying God comes through in my finances. Have you actually gone before him and brought your finances before him and say, God, this is what I need from you. I'm sick. I'm praying God heals me. Have you prayed for healing? Too many times we just say we're praying for something, but we've never really prayed. How can you expect an answered prayer when you haven't prayed? How can you expect God to control things in your life when you haven't placed him in your life where he can control him. Too many times we wonder why God hasn't done something, but we've never gotten to the place to allow him to do it. We say, God, do this, but you can't have control of it. What is it in your life that you need God's help with? That you need God to take control of. It's time you allow him to take control. 
It's time you say, here, you can have it all. So we talked about Sunday, the, the full surrender. Committing your life to him. Not saying a simple prayer, God, come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior. But actually saying, God, I'm surrendering myself so you can have me. I'm surrendering myself so you can have me. I can tell my wife to drive the car, but if I never let go of the steering wheel, she can never have control. And too many times that's what we try to do with God. We want God to do things in our life, but we never let go of the steering wheel to allow him to do it. Say, God, take control, but I'm not letting go. Too many times we do that in every area of our life. We say, God, use me, but we never open our mouth to be used. God, use me. But we're never obedient to allow God to use us. I want to be used by God. Do you ever allow him to use you? I want to be used by God. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. Are you letting him use you? Too many times we sink because we never allow him in the boat with us. I want God to do this or that, but we're not living our lives for God. When we come into church, we act like we are. But when we walk out the doors, we're totally different. I tell people, they go, oh, oh, I slipped up and cursed in front of you. I'm sorry. Like, it's not about me. It's about you and God. I was talking to a guy today. And as he's talking, he said some not Christian-like words. He wasn't mad. It was just his normal vocabulary. And believe me, I had that normal vocabulary for quite some time. But it's no longer a part of my vocabulary. And he kept going, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to work on that. Oh, I'm sorry. I did it. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm trying to work on that. I was like, and you ain't trying to work on that. You're just slipping up and trying to make yourself sound better. Don't work on it for me. Work on it for God. Because if you're trying to be someone in front of me than who you really are, what's the point in that? It's about who you are before God. And then maybe you say, well, I don't curse out loud. Do you curse in your head? I'm not saying you'll go to hell for cursing. Don't get me wrong. But would you say it in front of God? Imagine living your life. Your life should be lived like if you were living it before God. Because we are. We are. Imagine how obedient you'd be if he was walking right with you. Yes. And you would be excited to be obedient before him. Here's what I want you to do, my son. Here's what I want you to do, daughter. I want you to do this and watch how it touches these people. You'd be like, yes, this is awesome. I can't wait. But now we go, oh, God, I don't want to do that. No, Lord, absolutely not. Anything but that. Because it's always going to ask you to do something you don't want to do. It's always that way. It's always that way.
But here's the deal, guys. Sometimes everything may look perfect. You may be filling up that boat with so many riches. You may have the nicest boat out there, the nicest truck. You may have so much stuff in that boat that people go, wow, they must be doing something right. But too many times the boat sinks. It's not about what it looks like. It's about what you have in it. It's about what you have in it. Because without God, without that plug, you've got nothing. All you have is a boat that's sinking. Here's the deal, guys. Is maybe you have a few plugs, but you have a few missing. Guess what? You'll still sink, but just at a slower rate. And do you know how miserable it is to look around at your life and see it sinking? To see that you've got everything the world would want to offer, but you still feel like you have nothing? To continue to go downhill? You need to begin to put God in every area of your life and put Him first. Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek first. The church seeks first so many times what they want, and then what's left over they'll give to God. God, this is what I want. If I have anything left over, I'll give it to you. God, this is what I want to do. Do you know how many people say they don't have time to pray or read their Bible? You watch TV? Do you do this? Do you do that? Do you get on Facebook? But they don't have time to read their Bible. What part of put first the kingdom of God do they not understand? I'm telling you, do you have time to work? Because my God is more important than any job you'll ever have. Because this job will fade away, this life will fade away, but my God never will. I'd hate to get before God one day and say, God, I can't believe I'm here at that 80 years, 100 years, whatever I was on earth. Man, that seemed like nothing. I can't believe I'm here already. And he goes, it was pretty short, wasn't it? Yeah, Lord, it was. He goes, but can you believe People waste their time building up riches for that short amount of time. They spend their whole life just doing that. Yeah, I can't believe it. So why did you spend so much time working and not with me? Why did you spend so much time creating for yourself something that would just fade away? It would be better off to have less and do more for God than to have more and do less for God. Because what we've all been called to do as Christians is to go out and make disciples. To go out and preach the gospel to all the world. That's what we've been called to do. I don't care if you've just found God. You've been called to do it. Maybe you say, well, I don't, I don't know much. You know that you found a Savior. You know that much? You can tell people what's already happened in your life, that you found a God that loves you, that you found a God that's alive, a God that cares for you. 
You know, it goes on in verse 34. It says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day and its own trouble. Too many times we're worrying about what we can gain for tomorrow instead of what we can do for God today. God is looking for a people that will stand up for him and say, God, what would you like me to do for you today? Too many times we say, maybe one day God will use me. And God's saying, maybe today's the day I want to use you. God, maybe one day I can do this. You know, I woke up yesterday morning, and I felt so convicted. I was thinking about Moses and how when they tried to eliminate God, what did he do? Is Him and Aaron went before them and said, look what my God can do. When they... Try to get Shadrach and them to, to kneel down and bow to another God. They said, you can throw us into a fire. It doesn't matter. We're going to show who our God is. That us as a church, us as a church needs to begin to show who our God is. Why? Because the same thing's happening today as it did back then. That they're eliminating God and trying to get us to bow to the world, bow to, bow to man, bow to the president, bow to the economy. When it needs to be time that we say, no, we're bowing to God and only God. That they're trying, the world's trying to get us to get to a place at the same thing. Okay. When Shadrach and them were before this idol to worship, it's the same thing that's happening today. Is what are we putting before God? America's about keeping up with the Joneses. And what do we put before God so many times is we bow down and we worship our jobs before we do God. We worship our things because they mean so much to us. When one day they're going to fade away. I'm not saying it's bad to have nice things. It's great to have nice things, but put God before the nice things. And I tell you what, when you begin to put God before him, he'll probably give you even nicer things. Why is he going to want to give you something that you're going to put before him? It's like my kid with video games. No, I would take the video games and throw them away. Why? Because they put it before me. You're not listening to me. But too many times they're too wrapped up in it. My employees, I'm your boss, I'm your provider for your job. Get off your phone and do what I say. I'm not paying you to sit on your phone all day. Same with God. We, we put so much attention to worldly things instead of God. We seek first the world. And then whatever's left over, God can have. But imagine if the church would seek him first. I'm telling you we could change America. I promise you we could change America. But we don't stand up as a church for what's right. We begin to allow sin into the church. We say, it's okay. Times have changed. I'm sick and tired of people saying times have changed. Times have changed, but God hasn't. In the Bible, when times changed, they stood up for what was right. They didn't say, well, it's okay. We'll bow down because God knows our heart. 
Well, what are your actions? He also sees your actions, not just your heart. That we've got to bow down before our God and say, God, whatever you want of us. And here's the deal. I don't care if it kills you. It should be worth it to you to worship your God. It should be worth it. Because then you go before God and say, God, look, I died for you. That should excite you. It may be scary to die, but you, when you know that you know that you know that you know where you're going to go, take my life. Because I'm going to be better off there anyhow. Who cares? But that's when you receive Christ and you have the assurance of knowing that you'll have eternal life. And he says when he comes into you and lives inside of you, you have the assurance that you know it's an inheritance of being his child, that you'll gain eternal life. Isn't that awesome? You'll gain eternal life. What more do you want? Instead, we're greedy. Well, I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want everything the world has to offer. Don't have what the world has to offer. Have what God has to offer. I'd rather have a relationship with God than a relationship with man. So I was out at Bredco yesterday morning. Hold that thought. We'll get to it in a minute. But here's the deal. Life is a boat, and you determine whether you sink. You determine whether you sink or not. John 15, 5 says, you are nothing without him. It says, you're nothing without him. Think about Jonah's life. His life was hell until he began listening to God. His life was hell until he began listening to God. Imagine that. You be obedient and your life gets better. Obedience is the key. Obedience is the key to a great life. It really is. And the thing is, even if you don't feel like you have much, you still feel like you have the greatest thing ever. You feel like you have so much because you have God. And because you're obedient and you're listening. And joy begins to fill you up like no other. You begin to just say, I love my life. I love my life. Why? Because you're following in the path of the almighty God. Because you're allowing him to to use you. Who better to follow than the guy that created it all? I know the guy that knows the future. I want to follow that one. He says, I know what tomorrow holds. (laughs) I'm following you. You know, that he knows. He knows all things. But you need to begin to plug yourself in. When you plug yourself in, you begin to do what it takes not to sink. You begin to do what it takes not to sink. Without being plugged into God, you have no power. He says, for I give you power and authority. Without him, what do we have? Without him, we're nothing. You will fail without him. You may look, you may be thinking right now, well, there's a lot of successful men in the world that don't have God, and they're doing pretty good. They're not failing. In the end, they will fail without God. Success isn't about how much you gain here. It's about what you can store up in heaven. It's about how many people you can take with you, how many lives that are changed because of your obedience before him. That's success. Failure is not making it to heaven. 
game over. And the sad part is you can't restart the game. You can't restart. So there, there's, there shouldn't be anything in your life that makes you think, I hope I'm going to make it to heaven. If there's things in your life that you think that could cause you not to make it, you should just eliminate it. It's not worth taking a chance. If you feel like there's something keeping you from God, eliminate it. I don't care what it is. There should never be something more important than your relationship with God. That's the most important thing ever. I promise you. Don't let anything hold you back. You know, you say, well, I serve in church. Here's the deal. If you're serving people and not God, you're toast. You are on a boat. But I promise you'll sink if you're serving people and not God. You'll fail. You'll become miserable. You know why? Because people will let you down. People will stab you in the back. People will turn on you. But when you're doing it for God, you just, oh, well. It may hurt for a little bit, but you get over it quicker because it wasn't about them in the first place. It was about God and doing what God has called us to do. And if they do something against you, that's between them and God. It's like, hate to be you. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, people let you down, but God won't. God will never, ever, ever let you down. And when you think he let you down... He was probably doing you a favor somehow, and you don't even know it. He was doing you a favor. Well, I prayed for this, and he didn't come through. Just because you prayed for it doesn't mean that it's his will for your life. I could pray for a lot of things. doesn't mean God wants me to have it. God knows sometimes how you'll turn out if he just give it to you. Like this one right here, my youngest daughter here. She's more spoiled than my boys ever were combined together. Why? Because I just give her things. It's so hard to say no. She's just so precious. And you know what happens? It makes her spoiled rotten. And guess what? Instead of her appreciating it, she wants more. Can I have a piece of candy? Well, of course you can, sweetheart. You just... (laughs) Y'all didn't hear that. (laughs) She goes, I get candy. You get candy? Awesome. No, sorry. Sorry, but I mean, how can you say no to that precious face? But then when you give it to her, guess what? She's not satisfied. She wants more and more and more. And before you know it, greed will destroy you. Yeah, praise the Lord. I mean, you can't say no to a precious little thing like this. No. No. (laughs) Candy? I don't have any candy, baby. Is it okay? Yeah, okay. Go back to mommy, okay? Love you. (laughs) And then what happens is, is like that, she begins to cry because she wants more candy. Because she knows daddy will just give it to her without her having to do anything. But what happens is, it makes you rotten. And guess what? If I give her too much candy, not only is she hyper and misbehave and turn against me, but it begins to rot out her teeth. 
Ain't that right? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And God knows what's best with us. And sometimes, you know what, even though we don't deserve it, sometimes God will still give it to us. Why? Because he loves us. But he knows when enough is enough. He knows when to say no. And there's sometimes I tell her no, and guess what? She's like some Christians. She pouts and cries and gets upset and gets mad and a little temper tantrum. And <laughs> but you wouldn't do that, would you, baby? No. <laughs> Such a great example if you're by camera tonight. <laughs> she's going to throw her glasses. She's upset. She wants what she wants. And too many times we want what we want, but we don't realize it may not be what we need. It may not be what's best for us. It may not be what God's calling us to. God may be saying, wait, you know what? He may want you to have it, but he may be saying, wait, now's not the time. Or he may be saying, you know what? I have something better for you. I have something that I want you to have. I have something that you need, not something that you want. And too many times we, we want what we want and we want it now. Why? Because that's the American way. We want what we want and we want it now. If we don't have it now, this is why people in America don't receive answered prayers. Because in other countries, they'll get down and they'll pray for what they need. And they'll pray and they'll come before God. And they'll say, God, this is what we need. And they will pray without ceasing. They will continue to pray. And here in America, we go, I prayed and it didn't happen. When did you pray? A few minutes ago. How long have you been praying for this, sir? I've been praying for the weeks. Weeks. What about years? What about your whole life? Patience is a virtue. Patience. Do you have faith? If you give up after a little bit of prayer, there's no faith in that. Faith. Are you stepping out? Are you doing what God's called you to do? If he says, here, this is how you're going to get this, but you need to do this. You say, no, where's the faith? You say, okay, God, if that's what you say, I'll do it. I have faith in you. I have faith you'll provide. I have faith you'll do it. You need money. God says, get a job. No, God, I just want you to provide for my needs. Have faith. He says, you don't work, guess what? He says, you don't eat. That's scriptural. But you have faith in your boss that when you show up every day, he'll pay you. Why don't we have faith in God that when we show up every day, he'll provide for our needs. That when we show up every day, he'll show up too. When I go over and I flip a light switch on, I'm not scared to wonder if there'll be power. I know there'll be power. I have faith there'll be power. And it's the same thing, that God's given us this power. When you pray for someone, know that you've got power. Don't wonder if God's going to do something. Amen. Know that you have power. Don't say, oh, dear God, man, I wonder if this is going to work. 
I don't go to a light switch and wonder if I'm going to have power. I know I'll have power. Why? Because I was obedient and paid my bill. I paid my electric bill. So I know that when I did what I was called to do, my electric, electrical company will do what they were called to do. Why? Because I was obedient. I did what I was supposed to do. And when you're obedient before God, you can come to him knowing that he'll do his end of the promise. Why? Because you fulfilled your end. You've done what you've been called to do. Amen? Y'all still out there tonight? Could you imagine Noah not putting God first? We wouldn't be here today. God, that's cool and all, but I really got to work right now. I don't have time to do what you've called me to do because I have a job, God. Could you imagine if Noah said, I don't have time? I'm too busy. I can't do what you want me to do because I've got my own priorities. It would have cost him his life and everybody else's. He would have drowned. What areas in your life are you sinking? What areas in your life do you need to put God back in? Like I said, it may not be an instant sink, but it's an over time you'll drown. So to my story at Bregco. If you guys don't know, Bregco's my home away from home. Um, it's my prayer closet outside of my prayer closet. Uh, it's my study room outside of the office. But I go to Bregco, and as I walk past the Two ladies, something catches my attention, and she says, all I hear from her is, I don't want to be alone my whole life. And I go sit down in my, my chair. I mean, I get upset people take my chair, so praise the Lord. It was still open for me. Uh, I mean, I'd have been able to be obedient. Uh, I'm joking. I do like my chair, though. Um, <laughs> So I sit down, and it just caught my attention. I just keep, you know, just kept replaying over and over again. Man, she must not have God. You're not alone when you have God. You're never alone when you have God. That it doesn't matter how it may look in the natural. You're never alone when you have God. So I'm sitting there, I can't hear anything they're saying, I'm trying to listen because at this point it's already hit me that I have to pray for this lady. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I'm arguing it and I'm fighting it. I'm trying to listen what they're saying. It's like maybe I got something I, can, I know what I need to pray for, you know. Can't hear a word. I hear everybody else's conversations everywhere except for hers. Not that I was trying to eavesdrop or anything. But, so I'm sitting there, and an hour goes past, hour and a half goes past. Quite a while I'm sitting there, and she's still there, her and this other lady. And they keep talking. I know by this point, I'm like, all right, I, I've got to go talk to them. So I've tried to ignore it for too long. Sometimes you try to ignore God's voice, and it gets louder. And you're like, no, 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 God. People are going to think I'm crazy. This is all I do, Lord. Is I just, you always tell me to do stuff. So I'm sitting there, and the thing is, when you're arguing with God, you can't get anything accomplished. You know how many times I go to, like, just read? 
and I can't because he just keeps going through my head over and over again. I try to read something, it just I have to start over. So I'm just sitting there. I finally just close my book and I just wait. I wait and they're talking and finally I, I just got to the point. I'm like, all right, it's time. I get up and said, hey, ladies, um, I just feel in my heart right now. I just you know need to pray for you guys. I don't know what you're going through. I said, you, ma'am, um, I just feel like you need prayer. And they said, yes, definitely. They asked what church I went to, told them I was the pastor here, and grabbed both their hands and began to pray with them. Didn't know what I was praying about, began to pray. God spoke through me, whatever the prayer was, and as I opened my eyes, she's just bawling and crying and crying. And we began, began to minister to him for a while afterwards. But it's about being obedient. Come to find out the lady had just uh, had an abortion. And she was struggling with the fact that she killed her baby. And she'd been struggling for a while. She was with the other lady to get help. I had no idea what they're going through. But to know, and that's what she was, she was so upset with herself, mad with herself, and whatever prayer God gave me to pray, how it just touched her. And you could just see it in her, her eyes. After we're done praying, the other lady said, you know, she goes, I knew there was something about you. She goes, when you were sitting back there, she goes, I could just sense and feel something on you. She's like, I, I didn't know what it was, but I knew there was something. And I'm like, that's what it's all about. You know, people should be able to feel something on you. They should be able to feel God on you, whether they know what it is or not. Like that gentleman this morning coming into this house, not knowing what it is, but he said, I just feel something, and it feels so great. That that's what it's about, that you need to take that glory and take that presence with you out to the world and let the world feel the presence of God. Because the world doesn't want to come into the house of God. So if the world won't come into the house of God to feel the presence of God, it's our duty to take the presence of God into the world. It's our duty to say, God, here is the time. Now is the time. What do you want from me? What shall I do? God, where you call me to go, I'll go. It doesn't matter where it's at. If God says do it, you do it. There's so many times that I'm going one direction and God says, no, I want you to go there. Like this is the dumbest idea ever. But I want to go down there. It's not about what I want. It's about what he wants. And God, where you call us to go, that's where we must go. Because you don't know who's waiting there. You don't know who God wants to use you to touch. Who's going through something that's pain. I encourage it later. I said, here's the deal. It may have been wrong what you did. I said, but you're forgiven of your sins. I said, you've been forgiven. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and you allow him to be in your life, it says you're a new creature in him. You're somebody new. You've been forgiven for what you did. I said, now let me tell you. I said, through this, guess what God can do? God can begin to use you. God can begin to allow you to help other people that have gone through the same thing as you. I said, God wants to use you. I said, he wants to. Even if you've sinned against him, guess what? Moses was a murderer, and God used him. God used him. I said, God wants to use you, and he's forgiven you. Allow him to forgive you. And I tell you what, from before the prayer to after I left, you could see a whole different glow on her face. But it's not about anything we do. The only thing about us is about us being obedient. It's about God and only God. Yeah. I can't say anything that will touch anybody. 
I can't say one thing that will touch anybody. All I can do is I can pray, God, speak through me. God, take the words. Take the words, Father, and plant it into their heart. Just open their heart up right now. In Exodus... Chapter 4, Moses went before the Lord and he told him to speak to Pharaoh. And he said, but God, I can't speak. He said, God, I stutter. I can't do this. And God said, for it won't be you, I will speak through you. He was still disobedient and God got angry. But God said, allow me to speak. Because nothing we say will ever change someone's life. It's about allowing God to use us to help change someone's life. About our obedience before God. You can't expect God to use you if you aren't putting him where he wants and needs to be. You can't expect to get anywhere in that boat if you don't have it plugged with the plug. You can't expect God to use you if you don't allow him in your life. If you don't allow him to use you. You may say, well, praise God, I've plugged my hole and I've accepted Christ. Well, here's what happens. As you plug the boat, you even fill it up with gas. You've got it plugged. You've got the gas. You're going full force. You're doing what you think you're supposed to do. This is great. I accepted Christ. I've got a nice boat. It's plugged. I'm going full force. I even filled it up with gas. And if you guys know my stories, I'm not good with filling my tank up with gas. And it all started when I had this one vehicle that the, the gauge didn't work. And from then on, I think I just stopped looking at the gauge. God gives us wisdom. We have to use it. In Proverbs, I believe it is, it says, Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. That was the first scripture I ever learned. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. He tells us, you need it, get it. Grab a hold of it. But when you get in that boat and you go full force, you begin to run, you've accepted Christ, you begin to do what a Christian's supposed to do. But too many times we never stop to refill. We never stop to refill. You see people get burnt out. You see people do so many different things because they're not refilling. Even pastors so many times don't stop to refill. They do what God's called them to do, but they never refill. They never get on their knees and get before God and say, God, here I am humbly before you, Lord. We have to begin to refill ourselves daily. It says he's your daily bread. Not your weekly, not your monthly, not the one time when you accepted Christ in your life. But he says this is something that, he says, I've created you in my image. And if we're in his image and he created us, he knows what we need. And what he says we need is a daily bread, which is him. And then he said to put him first. 
So we need him daily, and to daily put him first. He says to pick up your cross and follow after him. To crucify yourself. Crucify yourself. He didn't say you'll be crucified when other people do it to you. He said to crucify yourself, to pick up your cross, to follow after me. That daily, that daily, we have to say, flesh, I'm done with you. I could care less what you want. That now what I'm doing is I'm going to follow after what God wants. I believe fasting, not only is it so great, but fasting is the key to teach yourself how to crucify your flesh. Fasting is the key. When you give up food, your body wants food more than anything. Even when you lived like I did and you lived on booze, there were times your body still wanted food. But your soul, your, your spirit needs God. And it needs it daily. It has to have it daily to fully function. But too many times we just give it to them when we have time. When we feel like it's been a while. I feel exhausted now. We can run on church. We need church. We need brothers and sisters. We need to hear the word of God. It says to hear it. But you have to begin to fuel yourself. I'm telling you, you'll never make it. And if you don't begin to fuel yourself now, when times get tough, it's even harder. It's like a, a diesel truck. When you wait until you're out of fuel, a lot of times it's a lot harder to get it back started. You may fill it back up, but a lot of times you're sitting there trying to crank it up, trying to get it going, and it takes a little bit of time. And guess what? There's times when you run out of fuel... And you go and try to fill it back up after it was too late and you ran out. Guess what? A lot of times it doesn't run the same afterwards. A lot of times there's that garbage and stuff that was left at the bottom begins to get in. And it begins to cut out. How do I know? Because I've been there. But I'm telling you, begin to refuel yourself before you run out of fuel. Begin to seek God and watch what it will do in your life. Too many times we're seeking man instead of God. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. We love you, Father. Father, I ask you tonight, Lord, that each and every individual sees somewhere in their life, Father, that they need to put the plug in, which is you, God.